The Mike Morgan Podcast, guaranteed to make you laugh. Not a guarantee. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the very first episode of the Mike Morgan Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Very excited uh, to be making this. Uh, can't wait to get into it. Thanks to everybody. If you've gotten this far into the podcast, if you have seen see me do stand-up comedy, if you've seen me on TikTok or Instagram or something like that, um, or if you're a friend, family member, whatever, thanks very much for getting even this far. Uh, I love doing podcasts. I love renting in a room. I love even getting into a room by myself now that I have a baby and just renting away <laughs> renting away and uh, doing whatever and I find it's very good for my mental health so if you've heard me on a previous podcasts uh, football podcasts or comedy podcasts or anything like that uh, this podcast has been long overdue where like the sky's the limit whatever we talk about whatever's on my mind uh, I'll have guests sometimes sometimes I won't sometimes I'll be renting um, just by myself I don't know how long I will make each episode depending it's all about my enjoyment and my mental health and even if it's just my my mam who listens to it, and my mam will definitely listen to it. Shout out, mam. Listen, I'm just doing it just because I enjoy it. And I think it compliments if you're doing stand-up comedy as well, to be just renting in your own head for a while. Like, you know, so yeah, thanks everybody. If you've gotten this far, so half of you have left. Um, so you're the, there's one person left. It's just you. It's just you now. So it's just me and you, buddy. It's just me and you. So like, like whatever you're doing, if you're driving the car at work or working out, I don't know what, what people, how people listen to podcasts and stuff like that. But whatever you're doing, you are very welcome. I hope you had a great weekend. I had a fantastic weekend. I did a comedy show, tried out some new stuff, bombed, died on my hole. Shit happens. Do you know what I mean? I'm actually going to do a podcast on dying and bombing because um, that's like the number one question that I get asked as a stand-up comedian. What's it like when you bomb? What's it like when you die? What's it like when uh, no one laughs? I've had doctors say to me, Jesus, that must be very tough job. No, that must be very tough. Like, what happens if you if you up? Like, it's like, well, if I mess up, do you know, I, oh, no, I cursed. I've made a promise to myself as well not to curse on this podcast, do you know? So for every, for every time I curse, I'm going to put a euro in a change box and we're going to do something with that change box. That's what we're going to do. So I owe one euro to the change box. Anyway, I've had doctors say to me, hey, man, that must be a tough job. That must be a freaking tough job. Freaking is not a curse word. Freaking tough job. I flip and say so. And I'm just like, well, if you mess up at your job, doctor, someone dies. If I mess up at mine, just nobody laughs. Do you know that kind of way? So there's a big difference between that. Now, fix my sternum. No, uh, I did not have that conversation with a doctor. But I imagine that's how it would go down. But yeah, fantastic weekend. Died on my hole on stage. Trying out some new stuff, though. So I felt a couple of things that were working, things that weren't working. But you know what? I went down swinging. In, in a comedy term, I went down swinging. I threw out all the gyms. Well, not the, you know, the things that you, were t you would think are very edgy to try. I was like, you know what? I'm dying here. Let's try this one out. F*** the vaccine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> See how that goes. Do you know? I'm only kidding, folks. Anyway, I, uh, yeah, I had a good weekend. Do you know what? I binged watched uh, Top Boy. I don't know, do any of you watch Top Boy? It doesn't matter if you do or not. Do you know when you're really excited to just watch a new season of something? And Top Boy did it right. They released all the season. I hate with these new uh, these new shows where they're releasing one episode a week as if we're not already paying the subscription. Like, you already have the TV show made, mate. Will you just throw it out to the world one episode a week as if we're in the 1980s watching RTE, like, and we've only one TV. Who shot JR? Do you know what I mean? I don't even know what that means, but I, I know it comes from a TV show. Do you know 
we're not clowns, you know. We paid a subscription, so just give us the, the episodes that we paid for. But no, anyway, Top Boy released the whole season. Very disappointing. That's what I hate when... And it seems to be happening a lot lately with TV shows that I absolutely love. That the last two seasons, it's like the writers just called it in. They just goes, you know what? Let's just throw any piece of shit out. Like Game of Thrones. All that. Let's throw any piece of shit out. Because we know they're going to watch it. I cursed again. And I cursed twice. That's three euros. That's tr- what am I going to use instead? Scheiser? Can I say it in a different language? Oh, man, I'm going to be broke. Like I said, I'm a stand-up comedian. Like, three euros. Like, that's my food. So, three euros down for cursing. But like I said, top boy. Right, they called it in. So, it's a, if you haven't seen it, it's about this inner city gang in London. And they're so cool. They're so cool. They're like this Jamaican London kind of crowd. They're oh, they're, they're like, wag one, bro. Big up, big up. Your bumba clap. All these words you don't even know. But you're like, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely... What are you saying, cuz? Is that not your brethren? Is that your brethren? All these... It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's poetry. I love listening to them talk. But the last season, guys, they called it in. Like, they opened up, right? So what the story is going to be about, they goes, the Irish mob. That's what they said. So we're going to have the guys that we followed the whole time feud with an Irish mob. I feel like it's done so many times. How many times in a TV show, a gangster TV show, is the Irish mob involved? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's done. Like, come up with something else. Every TV... Peaky Blinders did it. Like, every TV show. We can go on naming them, like, you know? And the other thing as well is, no actor can can nail an Irish accent. What's that about? Like, he ruined it for me. Does this guy know he's supposed to be scary and top boy? He's one of the McGee's. He starts off in a Northern Irish accent, right? He starts... I've heard you've been taking my stuff. Where I'm going to take 50% of what you make. And I'm going to own London. And then when he meets up with him, he's like, how are yous? Like, it's weird. Like, it's like, no, what does he say? He goes, well, well, how are we now? Like, he's from Tipperary. Like, and then he calls him boy, which anybody from Ireland in, boy is for Cork. Do you know? They even had a moment. It was like, do you have my stuff, boy? And then your man goes, don't call me boy. Do you know, that's a Cork thing. The man is from every county in Ireland, like, you know. Not one person can nail an Irish accent consistently. Like, even think back to gangs of New York. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio was able to nail... I, I, this man made Blood Diamond. This man was able to nail a Zimbabwe accent, like, you know. And he can't na- nail an Irish accent. He was asked in gangs of New York, where, where are you from? And he said, Kerry. 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 What, no, I've never met a Kerry man that talks like that. And I, everybody that portrays an Irish accent, I've, I've gone on about it in comedy sets as well, like, every, like lucky charms, like talking like a leprechaun, like, like none of us, like if an Irish person came down the street and goes, top of the morning to you, like I'd be like, is this man on crack? No one talks like that, like, so I don't know why it's so hard to nail, every accent can be nailed on TV and in movies, except for an Irish accent, which is absolutely amazing because we have 1,000 of them, you think one of them would be consistently nailed. Maybe I'm wrong. Actually, that's the thing as well. Let's open up conversations as well. Mike Morgan, Instagram. Let me know who is the best Irish act. Like, bar- oh, don't say Killian Murphy. Don't say Killian Murphy was great at an Irish accent. Like, the man is from Ireland. Like, that don't count. I'm on about a non-Irish actor that could actually nail an Irish accent. I don't believe I've ever seen one, but you got to let me know if there is, like, because the best of them, like I said, Leonardo DiCaprio was able to do every accent you want. The best actor in the world. I love the dude. I'll go see every show he ever made. Ever. Do you know? That's his worst show. Gangs New York, that's his worst show because he couldn't do an Irish accent. So let me know if I'm wrong. Let me know if there was anybody else 
or any actor that you know that could nail an Irish accent? The only other thing I did for the weekend, I played a soccer match, and at 31, you have to question why anybody would play if you're not getting paid amateur any sport. Like, I was, I've, bo- I've bruises all over me today. Like, yesterday, we played a team, and, like, I don't want to talk bad about any team or anything like that, like, but this is the type of team you pay your insurance for. You know that kind of way? Like, they, they all came down, they were from Cork City, they wanted, to, to say that they wanted it was an understatement. They brought about 20 fans with them. This is the lowest league that you can play as well, by the way. This is amateur soccer, and not only amateur soccer, about the seventh tier of Cork football is what we play in. And that's the consequences sometimes. Sometimes you come up against guys that are just absent. They mightn't want to play football. Maybe they want to break your leg. Do you know that kind of way? And they let us know in the opening minute that they were there to ball. Or sorry, sorry that they were not there to ball. But um, no, they were good. They had, a couple of, they had a couple of good players. But I tell you what they had. They had some excellent tackles, two-footed tackles flying in. Just slags, just with the way they talked was intimidating. I don't know if you ever seen the movie Mean Machine, but it was kind of like that. And we being the guards, not saying any of them went to prison. One of them did tell me that he went to prison, but like, um, not all of them went to prison. And uh, yeah, but in the show Mean Machine, they were it was like prisoners against the guards. I think there's uh, another American version. What's that one with Adam Sandler? The lo- the longest yard. Anyway, we've the Mean Machine in England. Yeah, it was like that. They had the monk and goals. They had guys absolutely breaking us up. Yeah, brilliant. But that's why we call it the beautiful game at the end of the day. But yeah, today I'm sore. Do you know what I mean? Even having a shower there, no, things were stinging. That means things are, do you know, things are cut. I'm crying in the shower. I'm not even getting paid for this, do you know? And I'm getting fellas. And they slag in the butt. Every soccer game now I do, right? I, there's a guy that slags me over making TikToks. Every single soccer game, to the point where if someone, if I play a soccer game now and someone doesn't slag me about a TikTok, I kind of get offended. I'm kind of like, am I not making enough TikToks? Do you know? Like, no one, no one's recognizing me from TikTok, so I'm not making enough TikToks. That's I actually get sad. So I'm delighted when fellas slag me about it. Like, but they say the weirdest things. Do you know? I'm I'm used to the TikToks and go away and make TikTok about it or something, boy. I'm used to that kind of stuff. But a guy yesterday. He must have been seven foot, and I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm not. He's one of the scariest men I've ever seen in my life. He goes, "You're about forty years old making TikToks." You and I said, oh, "I cursed again. I'm gonna have to." Be- Je- Jessica's gonna have to bleep all these out. Hopefully, he. Uh, <laughs> he said that anyway to me, and uh, yeah, he's a monster. I said, uh, "Sure, look, by that means you watch TikTok, you know." And then he kind of looked confused, and I was like, please don't hit me. And, uh, yeah, which, you know, the only way you can know that I'm on TikTok is if that you have been on TikTok and watched me, you know? So, and I'm not nearly 40. I'm, I'm 31, you know? And, uh, yeah, it got to me. So much it got to me that I bought moisturizer this morning, okay? So you win, big man. You win seven foot, seven foot giant. But, yeah, cuts all over me, like, not even getting paid. And I'm a father now, like, I have to come home to a baby, like, and, like, baby sees me limping around the place every Monday morning because I'm destroyed from the game the day before, like. And uh, do you know what kind of example is that to set? Do you know? What's your dad do? Oh, he tells jokes at night time and he fucking limps around. He plays amateur matches getting thrown around like a rag doll, like. So that's not a great example to set. So, um, yeah, I have a, a big decision to make. I, I, what other sports are out there that I could do? That is like soccer. I love the I love the running around after a ball. I love all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, you have to question that kind of stuff then when when there's fellas slagging what you do and uh, two footing yeah. 
but I better be careful what I say because we have to play them again in a few months at, at their place. Like, if they're bringing 20 fans on a 40-minute journey down here, what's their place going to be like? I, I, I can only imagine a cauldron. And, uh, yeah, do you know what I mean? I'll wear my cup that day. It's not necessarily that you... It's not custom that you wear a cup in soccer, but I will wear a cup just to protect my nuts that day. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And congratulations. One-all draw, anyway, guys. It was a one-all draw. Tie game. Nobody went away. They went away with our pride. That's what they went away with. And we went away with a point. So we're very happy with that. But yeah, so that's all I really did for a weekend. Played a bit of soccer. Uh, did comedy. Did, tried out a couple of things. Uh, they didn't really work. The majority of them didn't really work. But that's what it's all about. And uh, what else did I do? Oh yeah, watched Top Boy. And, you know, chilled out with my baby, which is absolutely brilliant. Something I'm very, I'm obviously not used to. I have an eight-week-old. Eight Nine-week-old baby right now named Georgia. She's absolutely beautiful. I love her dearly. But um, there's no but. I love her dearly. Um, yeah, but like it's obvious. There is a but. It's I'm absolutely shattered. I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm a shell of the man that I was uh, ten weeks ago. Do you know? Ah, oh, shell of the man. I I'm absolutely shattered. And my girlfriend's feeding. So like I'm getting away with murder as well. Like you know. So it's I'm absolutely delighted. But um, yeah, it is tiring, folks. And I'm absolutely. Do you know? I'm actually getting a, a sleep paralysis. I don't know, did you, did you ever hear of sleep paralysis? I used to only think it was just for, you know, women, actually, because the only people that used to get it was, like, my sister, my girlfriend got it. I have had sleep paralysis once before in my life uh, from lack of sleep, and it was the, one of the most scariest moments. So sleep paralysis, L- let me just get up the definition. Don't, don't listen to me describe it. Listen, to, uh, we'll, get, we'll get the actual Google definition. Okay, sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is a temporarily or sorry, temporary loss of muscle control just after falling asleep or before waking up. Sleep paralysis frequently involves hallucinations. There's no Z in hallucinations. You're you're finding out about my dyslexia in the first episode here, folks. That's what you're doing. You're finding out how how dyslexic is Mike. Very dyslexic. Okay. So and they've thrown big. I shouldn't have googled this. I shouldn't. I should. I know where the confidence came from. You know what? I'm going to Google this massive phrase, and instead of explaining it to you off the cuff like I normally would, I have to read all this out again. Like you know. Yeah. So key takeaway: sleep paralysis is a temporary loss of muscle control just after falling asleep or before waking up sleep paralysis frequently involves hallucinations or a feeling of suffocation no one knows exactly what causes sleep paralysis but it is linked to sleep disorders and certain mental health conditions oh you're ticking all the boxes here mike all the boxes but i have uh, had I've one sleep paralysis story. I might as well t- tell you pretty quickly. I I used to think honestly. I used to think only girls got it because anybody in my life was was a woman that was describing this to me. They were all like, "I was awake, but I wasn't awake." Oh my god! And the girls would be talking to each other. Oh my god, girl, do you ever have sleep paralysis? Oh my god, girl, yeah. Oh my god, I had the scariest sleep paralysis. Uh, do you know that used to happen until one day it happened to me, and it's the scariest <laughs> of all time. I'm I'm cursing again. It's the scariest thing, shizer of all time. It is. So one time, um, I had a few pints and a work night, which I usually don't do. And I, ne- I actually don't drink at all. I, I usually don't drink at all, right? But for one, I was having a couple of drinks with my friend. I only had about four pints. So not a lot, but for a guy that doesn't drink, enough to know. I knew the next morning that I was after drink. And my job was to drive to Carlo, 
Mallow to Carlo and do a couple of deliveries to restaurants. That was my job, okay? So I'm driving, I'm groggy, I'm tired, uh, I don't feel right. I'm like, ah, man, I never drink a night before work. Even if it's just four beers, it's a lot to me. Do you know, I'm a small guy. I'd, I don't go for pints. Like, fellas be like, I had 20 pints last night. It's like, that. I'd be dead, kid. I would honestly die. Like, I'd, I couldn't. I'd just puke. i just get sick everywhere. Anyway, so I'm driving to Carlo. I get on the motorway from Mitchellstown, okay, and I'm feeling tired. I'm like, I'm so tired that I, I feel like I should pull over. It's getting dangerous, you know. So I pulled over to one of them parkway, you know, the where you can park on the motorway. There's one every couple, maybe every 50 kilometers that are safe to do so. So I pulled in in my van, and I fell asleep across the three seats. And I was just so tired that I just, you know, I'm kind of looking out the front windscreen and I'm kind of lying straight. I, I, I grab a hoodie as a pillow and I kind of lie down, you know. And I'm asleep. I, I think I've fallen asleep, but I, I, I don't know what's really happening, right? So I'm lying down. I'm kind of awake. I'm asleep. I don't know what's happening. But I feel like the van is still on the motorway. Like, there, there's obviously trucks passing me at, like, 100 miles an hour or whatever, so the, the, it feels like I'm still driving, right? So I get up to, like, put my van on park, and I can't get up. I actually can't get up. So now it's the scariest thing of all time. I feel like I'm doing 120 on the motorway, and I'm lying down across my van, and I physically can't get up. And then after a bit of a struggle, I'm able to just wake up. I'm able to wake up, but I'm kind of on the passenger side. Now, there's no one else in the van now, so I'm just on the passenger side. And then I get this knock on the driver's side door, and it's like a guy in a white coat, do you know? So I, I let him in, and uh, he goes, are you all right, mate? I goes, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I was just going for a sleep. And he was like, right, right, you don't look great. And he kind of s- sat in the driver's seat now, like, this guy in the, wi- in the white coat, he, s- he sat in the driver's seat, I'm in the passenger seat, in the parkway out of Mitchellstown. Like, this is the scariest thing of all time. He said to me anyway, he goes... Maybe the reason you're having those dreams that you thought you were on the motorway is because it's not actually real, mate. You were just dreaming. And I was like, all right, Chad, that actually makes sense. No, that makes sense. I was dreaming, obviously. I wasn't actually driving on the motorway. Like. And then he was getting out of the van. And I was like, but if I'm not dreaming, why, why, would you, why are you here? Why is a doctor here? Like? And he just goes, <laughs> close the door, boom, I'm awake again. I'm awake again. It all never happened. What's real now? Like, I don't know what's real. I'm, I, I, I'm awake in the van. The doctor thing never happened. The, the, the motorway thing ever happened. I look at the clock. I'm aw- I, I'm a, I was only asleep by about, I, I'd say, seven minutes. It felt like half an hour. And I'm asleep. I was just, it felt like half an hour, I had a meeting with a doctor, I I was moving on the motorway, I was dreaming, loads of things were happening, and yeah, I I just woke up, frightening things, and I was still, I I was even more shattered than when I fell asleep, you know, so I hop in the van anyway, I'm still in the van, there's no hopping in the van, I'm still in the van, I drive, I drive to Carlo to do my shift, you know, I'm absolutely shattered now, like that was, it was something that never actually happened to me before, you know. So I drive to Carlo and um, I do a delivery to this restaurant that I'm very familiar with. I do this restaurant a lot. But something's off, like. Something's off. I go in there and there's loads of people in the kitchen. They're all having a party. Everything's happening. They're handing me shit. Everything's going great. Do you know? And it was daytime when I went inside to the party. And when I turned around, it was immediately pitch black outside. I was, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? And when I turned back around, the room was empty. And I was like, I'm dreaming again. Boom, woke up back in the van again, folks. Woke up back in, I drove to Carlo, went in, did the delivery. There's a party in the Chinese that I delivered to, very familiar with this Chinese restaurant. And boom, I'm back awake in the van again. 
I look at the clock, I'm asleep. What was it? 16 minutes I was asleep. 16 minutes I was asleep. And I'm after driving to Carlo. A two and a half hour drive to Carlo, meeting people, doing lifting boxes, do what I parked the van. And I wake up back in the van outside Mitchellstown. Ne- it never happened. It never happened. It never ever happened. That drive never happened. I can't like I hope you're following this because I, I am so scared of it, like sleep paralysis. I hope it never happens again. Because I've never had it, and I believe I've got like if if you could if you could judge sleep paralysis on the stories that I have heard from a level of one to five, that was level five. It was level five of scariness, realness. I was thrown on indicators in my in my car and all in this dream. Indicators, saluting all men, went to the shop. Like fuck, it was. I woke up back in the van. I don't even trust anything anymore. Like, am I even doing this podcast? Do you know, am I living my life? Do I have a baby? Is my girlfriend there? Am I here right now? Are you even listening to me right now? Do you know, I, 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 can't, I, I have a feeling, right? I'm going to be like 90. Hopefully, I'll be 90 years of age, right? I'll be on my deathbed, okay? Surrounded by my kids, my grandkids, everybody that loves me, okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm going peacefully. They're holding my hand. I'm going peacefully. And they're all crowded around me, okay? And right when I'm drifting off, right when I'm about to go into the light, you know, and go to whatever the afterlife is, if there is or isn't, right at that moment, boom, boom, I wake up back in the van and I got to drive to Carlo. It never happened. It never happened. You thought you were out and you were back in. It never happened. None of it ever happened. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? I don't think you get what... I, I'd say I'd say no one's listening to this right now. I'd say no one's... Li- I'd say I lost you at the intro, do you know? But what I will say is it never happened. So after all that, I had to get into into my van and do the run. I, I actually had to do the deliveries that I had did in my head already. I had to go to that restaurant in that I went to in my dreams. I, I went there not trusting any situation. Your man was like, hi, Mike. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was scanned in the kitchen. I was like, do you have any parties last night? Do you know? He was like, what the fuck? Do you know? I, 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 it's crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff. And I don't, um, I wouldn't wish it on no man or woman or child. I honestly wouldn't. But anyway, my girlfriend gets sleep paralysis. And it sounds scary to her. Not as scary as what I described, do you know? But like, she'd be next to me. And she, she'd eventually wake up. And she was like, Mike, I was calling you for like 10 minutes. I was trying to call you. Could you not? Could you not feel me calling you? I was like, nah, 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 I couldn't. Like, with my headphones blaring next to her, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely blaring. But yeah, sleep paralysis, folks. Don't, uh, yeah, just don't do it. If you can, don't do it. Avoid it. Don't eat cheese before bed. Don't do it, do you know? Um, one of the scariest experiences of my life. Uh, yeah, again, let me know. Did you ever have a, a bad sleep paralysis moment? And was it scarier than that? And do you understand my story? I feel like I feel like I explained it well enough. Yeah, so absolutely shattered with a baby, but absolutely delighted. Um, yeah, no, really happy. I I went through again. I everyone's like, oh, she's my first child. It was such a traumatic experience that it might be my only child. You know that kind of way. I'm still I still feel I need to talk about uh, the birth uh, process because. Fifty percent of the people, maybe eighty percent of the people, were saying, "Oh, it's a, it's it's an amazing process. It's uh, it, it, it's it, you know, it, it's spiritual. It's amazing, you know." And it just didn't go like that for us, I believe. Um, in uh, but but I, I I must start by saying I want to thank all the midwives in Cork City Hospital 
Uh, for absolutely nothing, you did fucking nothing. You did absolutely nothing. Nothing. I might as well, we actually might as well have had the baby at home with two women shouting words of support at us. Like that, that, it was just that. I was pale as a ghost inside there. I went to a different place, do you know? Every push I thought was the last push. So uh, to give you the full story, yeah, we, you know, we made love. When a mommy and daddy love each other so much, we made love. And uh, it looks awful amount like my brother. But uh, no, we, we, uh, like, we went in there very early. Like my girlfriend the whole time was like, I hope to God I get epidural. You know, it's going to be so scary going in there. So epidural is supposed to like numb 50% of the pain. I believe I'm not a woman. I believe there's women shouting at this right now. I don't know. I didn't go through it. But it helps. I know it helps it to get it. So we went in. The moment she got her first contraction, she went in. We went in super early, like 10 in the morning. They were even like, yeah, you're, you're, you are like an, a centimeter dilated. So like, but don't worry, like it could take ages. So we didn't have the baby till we went into the room. I went back home, got all our stuff, anything we were missing, went out, walked the dog, did everything that need to, needed to be done so I could go back to the hospital and um, everything would be okay. So I get back to the hospital and my girlfriend's in pain now as well. Like, And we're kind of saying, how do I, you know, basically they said, look, she's far away from it. She's far away from it. A couple of more hours go by and my girlfriend is in excruciating pain, you know. And the whole reason we got there early is because we wanted this epidural. They were like, don't worry, the epidural will come. She's just miles away from actually giving birth, so she won't get it a while. So I went out to the nurse. My girlfriend's roaring in pain. I went out to my goes, this girl is about four months dilated or whatever, whatever centimeters or inches, whatever, yearly, annually. She's, she's dilating right now, this year. Uh, they go in and check, kind of half laughing, and... Um, she puts her fingers up and she gets a shock. She goes for a second opinion. Then I'm like, oh, my God, what's wrong with everybody? Is like, Jess, okay? Is the baby okay? The other nurse comes back with the second opinion. She's like, okay, we got to go straight away, straight down to give birth. No epidural or nothing. They miss. We're right next to them. They're in the staff room. We're right next to them. And we're like, please, I think I'm having it for ages. We're saying that. And they're like, no, you're ages away. No, straight down. The nurse said, grab, grab clothes for the baby. I picked the worst outfit of all time for the baby. I just grabbed it, ran. And uh, yeah, traumatic experience. I thought every push was the last push. I was like looking at the wall. Like as a boy, you're absolutely helpless in that situation. You know, you're absolutely helpless. You're just watching the person you love go through absolute hell. Do you know what? I was just expecting him to say, all right, lad, make a choice. It's the woman or the baby. I was like, literally, it went that horrendously. I was just waiting for him to say that. There was blood everywhere, do you know? But, um, but you know what? It was emotional. When they came out and everybody was okay and I heard George just cry and Jess was okay and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was a beautiful moment. I get why that... It was just it was just really panicky for me. Like, I'm not even giving the story justice, but it was really panicky for me. Um, and I, I... Yeah, whoa. It just wasn't the st- what I expected. It just wasn't. Like, I was pale as a ghost. They were like... Do you, I, I cut the umbilical cord. People told me that that was a lovely process. I, I did it. Like, I did it. Like, but I don't think I got a lot from it. Do you know? I didn't get what people... T- do you know what the fuck it was like like it was like cutting an alien's finger like do you know what i mean what am i at here like do you know what do you and as things go so far i might as well do it do you know i trust myself with it then ye at this point like do you know yeah it it went like would you like to cut it out of an emotional way i was like i'll cut it because i don't trust none of ye like do you know what i mean let me do it like i'll show you where to cut it do you know ye don't tell me nothing at all where's the epidural now can i have it like 
If, the, if, the, if, if you said, if it was waiting anyway, I might as well get numbed up, you know, after this fucking mental ordeal that I'm after having to deal with, like, you know. No compensation. No suing anybody, I'd say. I must talk to a solicitor. Nah, I wouldn't do that. She's safe and sound. And you know what? They, they seem like they deal with it every day, which of course they do. They deal with that shit every day. So maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion. Maybe there's midwives, there's definitely not midwives listening to this, but maybe there's someone that can deliver a baby listening to this going, Mike, you're completely overreacting. I don't think I was. Like people that bring, do you know the people that record births, like bring like a camcorder, like them old 90s camcorder, and they're like recording the births. Do you know, like I, I think it would have been on like Paranormal Activity 7. That's the footage I would have recorded anyway. It was fucked up. It was messed up. And I, you want to see me, I was so pale. Do you know, I was I was absolutely goosed from watching this ordeal, and um, yeah, wouldn't wish it upon my. <laughs> oh, I, you know, of course, we all had to show that one. That how I was born. One that how I was born. I don't know how about you, but that's that's how I came in. Um, yeah, no, it was a it was a massive ordeal, but uh, yeah, I'm delighted that she came out safe and sound. Yeah, I yeah I I can't give her back now, so there's no point complaining. Absolutely delighted with Georgia. I suppose the biggest difference uh, having a baby and all that, like, you know, is sleep and also, like, the nipples be bait off you. Do you know what I mean, kid? Do you know what I mean? Nipples be wrecked. I'm absolutely goosed. But, uh, yeah, guys, that's all. Do you know what? These podcasts, sometimes they're going to be 20 minutes. Sometimes they're going to be an hour. Sometimes they're going to be whatever. I got to do today. There's another beep. But, uh, yeah, so, guys, thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Please uh, spread the love. Give it a five-star review. Uh, do all that kind of stuff. Send messages in if you have any sleep paralysis stories, any bad birth stories, anything like that. Uh, let me know. Uh, this is brand new. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Tell everybody. Tell your friend. Tell your cousin. Do- don't bother telling your mama because she already know, baby. <laughs> Yo, peace and love, y'all. Peace and love.